Our blessed Saviour, we come to you. We ask that you would be with us. That you would teach us your will. And your rich promises in us fulfilled. We pray this for your glory. Amen. Something I always find fascinating is the fact that brothers and sisters can turn out so very differently from the same father and mother uh, can come very different people and personalities. So, for example, I have one brother uh, whose name is Neil. Uh, he has dirty fair hair, uh, whereas mine's brown. And he is much more sporty uh, than I am, although that wouldn't be hard, I have to admit. We grew up in the same house, we have the same parents. Uh, But we are very different. Watching uh, family dynamics is interesting how siblings get on together or not. uh, Whether they complement or contradict each other. uh, Spotting similarities and discovering differences. For that special kind of people watching... The home of Mary and Martha and Lazarus, although he's not mentioned in this passage, must have been an interesting case study. Martha is probably older. She's the one whose house it is. She's the one who takes responsibility for the household, making arrangements and catering and all the rest. Mary, based on these verses... Uh, seems to be a very different sort of woman uh, altogether. If you're a Martha type, you might think Mary uh, as a little bit lazy, a little bit at work shy. Certainly not fulfilling her duties or uh, helping with her share of the work. If you're a Mary, you probably think that Martha's a bit uptight. That actually Marys are just relaxed and wanting to make sure that her guests are put at ease and uh, through chatting and being sociable. We get an insight into their family because of their special guest. On Sunday mornings we've been following Jesus on the road up to Jerusalem. Tonight uh, we're rewinding a little bit on the journey uh, as we intended to cover these verses in January, uh, as I said. Jesus has arrived in their village, uh, so Martha invites him in. And Martha is stressed. I wonder how things work uh, in your house if you have at guests coming round for dinner or if people are coming to stay. There's maybe cleaning to be done, the the floor hoovered and surfaces polished and dusted. The food needs to be prepared, the bathroom needs to be sparkling. 
In fact, the preparations may start weeks beforehand just to have everything just so for the visitors. So Martha is in the thick of it. She's getting everything ready. I imagine her like a cartoon character with about 20 arms all doing different things all at the one time, trying to get everything done, trying to keep on top of it. Her glasses are steamed up from checking the oven to make sure the dinner isn't uh, being burnt. And when the steam clears from her glasses, she realizes that she's in the kitchen on her own. Where has her sister gone to? You see, they have a very, very important visitor. But Mary has abandoned her. To do all the work. And so she goes looking for Mary. Only to find her. Sitting down. Sitting at Jesus feet. As well for her can sit down. When there's all this work to be done. Mary has found the time to sit. And to listen to his teaching. And if you're a Martha. It sounds so unfair, doesn't it? Martha has been at working her fingers to the bone while Lady Muck sits listening to the Lord Jesus. Martyr Martha is doing all the work and I do feel sorry for her. You see, I reckon that the Protestant work ethic it makes us identify with Martha. We almost feel guilty if we sit down for a wee while knowing that there's always something to be getting on with. Some of us even take our pride in our Martha-ness, our busyness and our non-stopness. I don't think that's a word, but I made it up for tonight. You see, I've, I've even heard... Uh, clergy colleagues complaining or boasting, I'm not quite sure which, that they haven't had a day off all year. It's as if we're meant to congratulate them on their hard work. And I know that uh, there are some mornings when I look at the list of things that I have to do that day that I just launch straight into them. After all, the sooner I start, the sooner I might get one of them knocked off the list anyway. Because, well, it all depends on me. There's all this work to do. I have all the work to do, so I'd better get on and do all the work. I wonder, have you ever found yourself thinking the same? I have so much to do, I have to get it all done. And it's uh, made worse when you see the merry types who don't get worked up about work. It's not fair. So Martha takes the bull by the horns. She tackles Jesus. Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then. To help me. 
Jesus. You have seen Mary sitting at your feet. But you're not telling her to help. You're actually, Jesus, encouraging her to be lazy. So sort yourself out. And sort her out as well. Now if you were Jesus, how would you respond to that complaint? Would you say, right, Mary, break time's over, get back to work. But that's not what Jesus says. He actually says, verse 41, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Martha was distracted and anxious and troubled in her service for the Lord. She wanted to make sure that everything was right for him. She was doing things for him. But she missed the one thing that was necessary. Jesus was right there. She could be with him. She could spend time with him. But instead she chose to be busy for him. Do you see the difference? Not with him but for him. It is good to serve the Lord. But there's something better than that. Being with the Lord. Mary had chosen the good portion. She had chosen the thing that was best. The Lord Jesus was in her home. So she wanted to get the most out of that experience. Sitting at his feet. Listening to his teaching. Now on that particular day she may not have realised it. But we know that Jesus was on his way up to Jerusalem. That he was heading for the cross. How precious then to have him in her home. Teaching her and speaking with her. And to think that she could have missed out. By being distracted. By things that seem to be important. Things that seem to be urgent. Things that may well have been good. But weren't the best. Now you might be thinking, well, it was alright for her. She had Jesus right there in her home. Jesus came to her and spoke to her and, and taught her. But what about us? Well, just think what we have. As Christians, we have the spirit of Jesus living inside us. We have the teaching of Jesus written down. And the whole of the Bible points to him and tells us about him. We have it in our own language. We have this access any time. All the time. 
We have the opportunity to be like Jesus, sorry, to be like Mary, uh, to sit at Jesus' feet. On this device here, on my phone, I have the whole of the Bible with me anywhere, anytime. And yet, sitting waiting in a queue or waiting at the barber's, Again, it's so much easier to play or to check the news headlines or to check Twitter rather than spending time with Jesus. Bible reading isn't a duty to be done. Something that you have to do. Something that you feel really guilty if you haven't done it for a day or two. But no, Bible reading is a privilege we get to do rather than we've got to do we get to do we get to read about Jesus we get to listen to his teaching we get to spend time in his presence surely we would want to do that and yet it's so easy to be like Martha distracted Caught up in the busyness of things to be done. Even things for the Lord. That we forget to be with the Lord. Perhaps we need to schedule times to be with Jesus. To make an appointment. To mark out time in your diary. You may actually need to work hard at not working. To carve out time for your activities. To be able to spend that time uh, with Jesus. After the crucifixion and the resurrection and the ascension. In Acts chapter 4. The Jewish council have uh, Peter and John on trial. Because they healed uh, the man who was sitting in the temple asking for alms, if you remember. And they were preaching the name of Jesus and the, the religious leaders didn't like this very much. The council were the high and mighty religious people. And they examined Peter and John and they found that they were uneducated common men. They were just ordinary people. Like you and me. They were amazed. That they weren't. You know super duper intellectuals. Or something like that. That they were just uneducated. Fishermen. So how could they turn Jerusalem upside down. With their boldness of preaching. And their healing miracles. And their teaching. Acts 4 tells us. They recognised. That they had been with Jesus. The time that the disciples had spent with Jesus had prepared them for the work. They were able to do things for Jesus because they had spent time with Jesus. I don't know if you are a Mary or a Martha tonight. But maybe the Lord is saying to 
those of us who are Marthas to, to learn from Mary as she sits at Jesus' feet, as she listens to his teaching. That we can savour those moments and find in them the strength and the power to live for him and serve him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that uh, you sent the Lord Jesus to uh, come into this world. To live in a body like us. To be human like us. We thank you for uh, this message tonight. We pray that you would help us to find time to be with Jesus. We pray that you would help us to listen as he teaches us. We pray this for his glory. Amen.